Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Checking in about food allergies and introducing allergenic foods. And have you done peanut with your baby yet? Well, intact nuts and thick globs of nut butters like peanut butter are choking hazards for babies, but we want to get that peanut protein into your baby early and often in order to help lower the risk of peanut allergy down the road. My absolute favorite way to introduce peanuts for babies is using the Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs. So When you hear puffs, like you're probably like, oh, those starchy little puff things. Like, no, no, no. Not the little ones that earlier eaters can't pick up. Those kind of crappy puffs from the store that have added sugar and refined grains and lots of salt. Uh uh. The Puffworks baby peanut puffs have no added sugar. They have just a smidge of sodium for preservatives, and they are the perfect size for baby led weaning. They're about the size of your adult pinky finger. So, you can, baby can pick them up, self-feed them, but they're so soft that they dissolve in your baby's mouth so you can introduce these peanut puffs even before your baby has teeth. Puffworks also makes a baby almond puff for the safe introduction of a separate allergenic food category. That's tree nuts. And now, finally, Puffworks put out a combo case. So it's half baby peanut and half baby almond. So if you want to grab one case, then you can knock out two new allergenic foods. We do these on different days, though. These are just the no-stress, low-mess way to get peanut and tree nut out of the way. So you can get 15% off everything at puffworks.com when you use the affiliate discount code BLWPOD. That's a new code. It's BLWPOD. Use that sucker at checkout at puffworks.com and get peanut and tree nut safely out of the way. And while the American Academy of Pediatrics can recommend no added sugar for children aged two and under till they're blue in the face, the reality is, is manufacturers are still putting out commercial infant and baby food, toddler products that have added sugar. I think the best example of this is baby food yogurt, right? It's regular yogurt that they actually add sugar to. You guys know that babies can eat real whole milk, full fat yogurt as a way to safely introduce cow's milk protein. We don't need to add the sugar to it. And yet manufacturers do, and they sell it to you, making you think that for whatever reason, it's better for your baby. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby-led weaning. Hi guys, welcome back. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about added sugars and which ones do we want to avoid for baby-led weaning. Now, I know you probably know that babies don't need added sugar, right? If you look at the American Academy of Pediatrics recommendations, no added sugars for babies until age two. Okay, but like, that's easier said than done because what exactly is an added sugar? And by the way, manufacturers employ a lot of really sneaky kind of duplicitous practices to make us think that the foods that we're eating don't have as much sugar as they really do. But it's so important for our babies to learn how to taste the flavors of the new foods that they're adding. Plus, there are some serious health consequences to including too much added sugar in the pediatric diet. So we'll go through some of those, but I really want you to walk away feeling confident in your ability to avoid most, if not all, of the added sugars for your baby. 
So let's start out by what is the difference between natural and added sugars? So naturally occurring sugars, not concerned about those ones. Okay, since parents are like, my baby's never going to have any sugar. Well, guess what? Spoiler alert, the primary carbohydrate in breast milk is lactose. Okay, it's a milk sugar. If it ends in O-S-E, that's a sugar. And there's lots of perfectly fine naturally occurring sugars. You're going to find them in foods like starchy foods and fruits and milks, and that's fine. What we're concerned about is avoiding the added sugars. Okay, These are caloric sweeteners that are added to foods or drinks during the processing and the preparation of them. Now, we're not going to spend a ton of time talking about artificial sweeteners, but those are like the non-nutritive sweeteners. They don't have any calories, the super sweet taste. These are the things like aspartame and stevia, Splenda, like basically all the stuff that goes in diet soda and all the other weird diet foods. Weird if you're a baby, because we don't offer those diet foods to babies. We do want to avoid artificial sweeteners. They are not recommended for children under the age of 12 months, just because there's really no research on the safety of sugar substitutes in infancy, right? It's not ethical to design a study whereby you like randomize two groups of infants and you're like, I'm going to give this one like 500 ounces of Diet Coke a day and see what happens to the baby. So we really just don't know when in doubt, leave it out. Now, how do you identify which types of foods are added sugars? Okay, there are more than 50 different names for sugar. So there's really no need for you to memorize them. Okay, when you're inspecting the sugar content of a food or a beverage item, the easiest place to start is to look at the nutrition facts panel and find the line that says total sugars, sugars, or added sugars line. We're kind of in a weird place in the United States regarding enforcement of the new food label. So as a dietitian, the thing I'm most excited about with the newest version of the Nutrition Facts panel is that it requires manufacturers to disclose how many grams of the sugars in their product are added sugar, right? Because there's naturally occurring sugars, which are fine. It's the added sugars that we don't want. So if you can find the added sugars line on the Nutrition Facts panel, you are golden. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit BetterHelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. Why don't we want babies to have added sugars? Okay, from a health standpoint, let's start with dental caries, cavities, okay? Sugars are the dietary factor that are going to cause dental caries or cavities. So dental caries occur when bacteria in the mouth metabolize sugars, turn them into acids, which then demineralizes the tissues of the teeth, okay? So consuming high amounts of sugar, one of the biggest problems for children is that it can lead to dental caries. You might be like, oh, my baby doesn't have any teeth yet. But there's even some research to suggest that high sugar levels, even prior to tooth eruption, can be deleterious to your infant's dental health down the road. 
cavities form faster in baby teeth than in adult teeth. As early as six months of age, we see higher rates of cavities in babies who've been exposed to sugar. So we don't recommend juice for babies, okay? That's why you're not supposed to let kids snack on milk all day long because that milk, the lactose, even though it's a naturally occurring one, could bathe and lather the baby's teeth, which can increase the risk of dental caries. Another concern for sugar use for babies is it displaces other nutrients, okay? Not only do sugars displace nutrient superior foods in the diet, like if your baby's full of like fruit juice, okay, which even if it's 100%, you know, real fruit juice, no juice for babies is recommended prior to 12 months of age. Your baby, if 12, six months of age or older, should be eating safe versions of fruit and not drinking it, okay? So we know that like, let's use an example of like refined crackers, goldfish, okay? Your baby's at daycare and they're pumping them full of goldfish every day. I hear parents complain about that all the time. That refined white flour food that also sometimes has added sugar in it, okay, takes up valuable space in your baby's stomach, such that they would not be hungry or have room to consume all of the other 100 healthful foods that you're trying to serve them. Okay, of course we know that excess sugar consumption leads to higher rates of obesity and diabetes. We're not really that interested in talking about that when your infant is trying to learn how to eat, but we don't want to get in the habit of offering foods that have a lot of added sugars because of course humans have a preference for sweet tastes, right? We wanna take advantage of the flavor window where babies will like and accept a wide variety of foods and flavors and tastes and textures. But if we only offer them sweet foods, uh, guess what? They're only going to prefer sweet foods. What about hidden sugars in foods, okay? The amount of sugar that's found in foods tends to be hidden, okay? So if products, for example, have like high amounts of sugar, they'll list one, each one individually on the nutrition label in order to make it look like sugar is farther down on the label, okay? So manufacturers do all sorts of things to kind of play around with the ingredient list. Ingredients are listed in order by weight. So the higher up on the ingredient list in a food product sugar is, means the greater percentage that it constitutes by weight. Prior to having to disclose the grams of added sugar, you could never even figure out how much sugar was in something because manufacturers would hide behind like, oh, it's a proprietary recipe. Like we don't want our competitors to steal it. So we're not gonna divulge exactly how much sugar is in this. To this day, manufacturers still do a lot of kind of manipulating they're not always required to say if the total amount of sugars in the product includes the added sugars, so they kind of end up hiding them. And uh, we had Dr. Lustig, one of the big sugar researchers, he's out of the University of California, San Francisco. Dr. Lustig was on the podcast talking about sugars. Like if you're kind of interested in all of this like shady sugar stuff, he's got this amazing resource on the UCSF website. I know I use it in like all of my college nutrition classes as a way to learn about added sugars, and I'll link to his resources in the description and the show notes for this episode. But if you go back to episode 68, that's where Dr. Lustig came on talking about sugar and why your baby should avoid it. It's still one of our most downloaded episodes because Dr. Lustig is amazing, but also just the way that he describes what the manufacturers do to kind of trick us is kind of amazing. Hey, we're gonna take a quick break, but I'll be right back. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you wanna tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So how much sugar should babies have? Well, the American Academy of Pediatrics maintains the stance that we do no added sugars for babies up until age two. It doesn't mean at two you like flip the switch and just start like gorging your baby with sugar foods, but 
if we look at research, it's really unfortunate what a large percentage of calories in the typical child's diet is coming from sugar. Looking at a study talking about a World Health Organization study talking about improving the quality of foods for infants and children found that like 30% of the calories in the baby products that they evaluated came from sugars. And then a third of the products had sugar or other sweetening agents. So basically like just because a company is making a commercial baby food doesn't mean it's sugar free. They don't have to not put sugar in the baby's foods. And oftentimes, we always oftentimes cite baby food yogurt. It's such a joke, right? Baby food yogurt is regular yogurt with added sugar. Like you wouldn't go to Starbucks and bring a plain yogurt and then open up two teaspoons or two packets of sugar and pour it into your yogurt and mix it up. But that's essentially what baby food yogurt is doing, okay? So please be aware that a lot of commercial infant foods do have added sugars in them. So if you're buying any infant food, maybe you're doing pouches. If you're in a pinch or you're on a trip or it's a you know convenience food, you've squeezed the pouch into the bowl, put it on the preloaded spoon. That's totally fine. But read the label because many of those foods actually will have added sugars. Okay. A little bit of other like trickery that you see sometimes is like manufacturers are catching on that parents are starting to realize, oh my gosh, baby shouldn't have sugar. So products will also state things like contains no refined sugar or refined sugar free, but then they'll pump it full of all of these alternative sweeteners, which are not indicated for children under 12 months either. Okay. So it might like look healthier and say like lower glycemic index or stuff that really does not pertain to infants. Um, A lot of times we see this using like agave or coconut sugar or honey or maple syrup. We never offer honey to babies under age one because of the potential for botulism. And then I also did an episode on agave. That's back in episode 269. If you want to learn a little bit more, that's like kind of going into more depth about, you know, whether or not agave really is truly an added sugar. And so while the recommendation is no added sugars for babies up until age two, I see sometimes parents ask, like, Katie, you know, do you have a recipe for like a sugar-free smash cake for my baby's birthday? And I always say no, because in my family on our birthdays, we eat real cake. So that's not something that's of importance to me. I know a lot of other families will choose to totally stay away from sugar. Is it the end of the world if your baby has sugar on their birthday? Like as a dietitian and a mom of seven, my recommendation is no cake in moderation. Do you want your baby eating cake every day? Certainly not, but it's birthday. You got to celebrate if you are inclined to do that. However, if we look at the national level data, there's a really interesting study about the amount of sugar in children participating in the WIC program. That's the special supplemental nutrition program for women, infant, and children. It's a USDA nutrition assistance program in the United States. And about 25% of children were given added sugar at or before seven months of age. Okay. So the top added sugar foods eaten between one and 24 months of age are things like cereal, crackers, applesauce, yogurt, sweetened beverages, syrup, preserves, cookies. I know these are not foods on the 100 first foods list that you're probably feeding your six to 12 month old, but be aware, especially in toddler and early childhood, preschool age, that these tend to be the predominant foods in the child's diet. And we do need to continue to read our labels and offer the variety of foods because unfortunately, a lot of the typical Western or standard American diet does very heavily feature these foods that have a lot of added sugar. And we do see it starting in infant and children, even, you know, under age two. So the American Academy of Pediatrics can say no added sugar, but the data reflects that a lot of our kids still are getting the sugar. And what would be no added sugar foods that babies can eat? Well, many of you have my original 100 first foods list. It contains 100 different foods from five different food categories, fruits, vegetables, starchy foods, protein foods, and the allergenic foods, all of which in their intact form have zero grams of added sugar. And so through all of my content and my paid programs, as well as my free workshops and resources, provide ways to help parents learn how to make these foods safely for their babies, 
safe, meaning in a format that is not going to increase choking risk in a format that a baby can safely self-feed starting at six months of age, but also in a way that's reflective of their nutrition needs, which do not include added sugars. So my suggestion to you is if you can work your way through that 100 first foods list, all of those foods have no added sugar in them. Some of them are naturally sweet. Sometimes parents freak out. I don't want my baby to have anything sweet to eat. Uh, Spoiler alert. Have you ever tasted breast milk or formula? It's sweet because the primary carbohydrate in there is lactose. If it ends in OSE, that's a sugar, but that's a naturally occurring sugar and that's totally fine. Sweet taste is just one of the many tastes that babies can experience. The thing I love about the diet diversity inherent in the 100 First Foods list and the 100 First Foods program is that your baby's going to be exposed to a wide variety of flavors. Because babies, if you haven't noticed, are humans. They're little humans and humans have a preference for sweet foods. We know that. But if they're never offered anything except sweet foods, they never have the opportunity to know how to like and accept those different foods. So the point of introducing five new foods a week is that we're getting a variety of nutrition, but also tastes and flavors and textures that will help our babies become independent eaters. It helps lower the risk of picky eating. And of course, we know the research shows us that if we take advantage of that flavor window, this period that your baby is in, it's not that big of a window, but if you take advantage of it, your baby will like and accept a wide variety of foods and flavors and tastes and textures. So I'll link up all of the resources that I mentioned from this episode in the description below where you're listening to this episode, but also on the show notes, which you can find at blwpodcast.com slash 309. Thank you to our partners at Airwave Media. If you guys like podcasts that feature food and science and using your brain, Airwave Media has some great podcasts. We're online at blwpodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time.